You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one, welcome all. This is the NFC's Mixtape Volume. I'm not totally sure you can listen to this show on any of SB Nation's four NFC East podcast network. For Dallas Cowboys content, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Hogs Haven for Washington Commanders, the losers. Uh, Big Blue View for New York Giants. You can watch us on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. He is Brandon Lee Gotten from BGN. I am RJ Cho from BTV. And if you are watching us, I know we have a lot of like Philly-centric fans I am wearing a Houston Astros jersey. You're welcome. All right, you're welcome. That my team is so good enough, Brandon, that we could mm. lay down. All right, lay down in the final meaningless games of the regular season, so you and the Phillies and Dallas Cowboys fan Bryce Harper can sneak your way into the playoffs in the NL. Won't be the first time that a Philly-based sports team beats a Texas-based sports team this month. The second game will probably be a little bit more meaningful. RJ, I have a stat for you here. At the, I'm, I'm no Rob Stats Guerrero, but I do have a stat for you. People can hear uh, us with Rob Stats Guerrero, by the way, every Friday right. over on the SB Nation NFL show. Subscribe there, leave a rating, write a review. If you'll allow me, I'm going to sandwich this in very quickly, then we'll get mm. to your thing. I was um, just watching a video about a sandwich. That's really funny. Right on. Well, uh, subscribe to your preferred uh, NFC East team podcast network. Leave a rating, write a review to your favorite place, of course, but go somewhere else. Leave a rating, uh, write a review. You don't have to subscribe, uh, but we do have a new uh, review on the B2B side of things, if you're ready. Mm. Uh, We actually should have gotten to this last week. We didn't, Uh, but it it comes to us from Times Yours. It is a five-star rating. It says, too many initials, BLG and RJ Mixtape. It says, great content, plenty of non-biased opinion. Delivering thoroughly, slightly manic football takes with a touch of civility. Highly entertaining. Side note, Cooper Rush. LOL. Um, so there's okay. that um, on, on the Cooper Rush um, side of this equation. But uh, yeah, so shout out to uh, the listener. Shout out to you. What were you going to say? Your, your little cute story or whatever it was going to be? Shout out to the listener, Ben Wieland. That's W-I-E-L-A-N-D. Ben Wieland on Twitter, who tweeted... To me, that the NFC East, RJ, has an 8-2 and two record against non-division opponents. That is the best in the NFL through four weeks. The NFC Beast, RJ. It's back. I mean, seriously, imagine being in the division and not having at least three wins. Like, can you, can you imagine that? Because I can't. Mm. Um, I mean, some people are saying, I'm not. But the Washington Commanders have never won an NFC East game. You know, like that's never happened. And the, the long, rich, we'll get to Ron Rivera's comment, history of mm. the Washington Commanders. They have never won a game within the, the division. How sad. It's a How tough sad. look to be a, a commander. Um, wow. Uh, really tough times. Uh, of course, we're going to go through all four teams in the NFC East. We have some good times to get to. We had another NFC East game happen this past week, one that made me very happy. Uh, not quite the NFC East apocalypse that happened in week three, uh, but still some good times nonetheless. We have a team that is kind of the consensus number one as far as most power rankings are concerned, although uh, not according to the worldwide leader. I'm sure you saw that, Brandon, and I'm sure Plenty of Eagles fans uh, were upset about that. Let's go ahead and get into them. The Philadelphia Eagles, the last undefeated team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I meant to make note of this on Monday on the SB Nation NFL show. Peter King wrote about it on in Football Morning in America. Um, I believe at week five last year, there were like four undefeated teams. And maybe two years ago, there were like eight. I don't know if you know the stat off the top of your head. But this is for anyone who feels like there are normally more undefeated teams than just one right now. There normally are. The Eagles standing alone is kind of a rare thing right now. Since 2000, RJ, the last undefeated team in the NFL has made the Super Bowl 10 times. So not to say it's so a guarantee, but 10 out know. of 21, right? Yeah. And only one of those has won it, to be clear. But still, like it's a pretty that's like it's it's not meaningless that they're the only remaining undefeated Do team. Do you know who the last undefeated team was a year ago? 
I don't remember. It was the Arizona Cardinals. I remember that okay. vividly. Yeah, um, he lost to the I Packers. Don't, yeah, I don't remember who it was two years ago though. Um, no, I don't remember. But the point is, like you know, they uh, they typically it's a good sign typically. Um, you know, they usually sure. at the very least make but, the playoffs. Which is but again, obvious. normally that's that's partly, and I don't want to like poo poo it, but that's because normally the last undefeated team falls in like week eight or nine not week five if that were to be the case here yes, uh, incidentally absolutely. it would be against the cardinals but eagles are on track for for many solid it's not things uh, is the point agreed uh 29 to 21 the score uh philadelphia fell i have some thoughts by the way philadelphia fell down 14 to nothing um against the jacksonville jaguars jason kelsey had i loved the jacket swap with doug peterson i gave jason kelsey his flowers last week that was really funny um forced five fumbles on Trevor Lawrence or of Trevor Lawrence recovered four of them um, kind of a ho-hum day for Jalen Hurts as far as the box score is concerned only 204 yards did have the pick six Miles Sanders hello welcome to the conversation it feels like every week there's a different eagle who's kind of like this is this is the Miles Sanders week last week was the Devontae Smith week and, and next week it's I don't know who it's going to be maybe it's the Dallas Goddard week but you I know you've written that already this season at Bleeding Green Nation that at different weeks different players are going to go off yeah, that speaks to the talent on the roster. There's just like, it's not like they're relying on just A.J. Brown to be the guy every single week, week in, week out. Uh, someone can step up. A different player can step up. Hassan Reddick was huge in this game. Oh, he's some people said he was better than Micah Parsons. Don't forget I mean, that. he's, I don't, did I say that? I recall um, uh, an episode of BGN Radio being tweeted at me several times uh, where you put together a, a group with uh, with Jimmy Kemsky and you said that you would take Hassan Reddick over Michael Parsons. I th- yes. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't even like thinking. I was like looking at my phone or something. Yeah, was, <laughs> I did not make an impassioned plea. That's that's what happened to that. Like, I was just like, I totally spaced out and just agreed with Jimmy or something like that. Anyway, Hassan Reddick was huge. Um, the Eagles did benefit from two Jags fumbles that happened probably just because it was like raining and wet and like trevor lawrence just like dropped the ball somehow uh you kind of almost did that twice but still they did force three legit ones as well uh and took advantage offense wasn't humming like it was in the sense of scoring a ton of points as it has this season but uh didn't really need that because it wasn't a big day through the air they were relying on last year's strategy of kind of like you know pounding the rock and it, it worked very well and uh, it was good to see from an Eagles perspective that they were able to come back. Like they got down 14 to zero. I've seen plenty of Eagles games, RJ, where that's, you know, they've gone down and they haven't come back. And you could see how that would unfold where like, okay, Doug Peterson is getting his revenge. Oh, the Jags are better. Frank Reich was right. The Jags are better than everyone thinks. And that didn't happen. The Eagles didn't really panic. Dylan Hurts didn't have a great game, as you mentioned in the box score, but the run he had on fourth down after oh, the Eagles yeah, like, and he taking that big hit and then getting up right afterwards. That was like the turning point of the game. I was like, okay, we're going to get back in this. We're going to be fine. Don't, no one panic. We're going to be cool. Everyone just like keep doing what we're doing. And that's what they did. And the Jags had a chance to kind of come back at the end, but it was very short lived. And uh, the Eagles controlled the game once they got ahead for the most part. Scored 29 and answered points for a stretch there. It was pretty good. Um, I don't put a lot of stock into this, but something I, I like to look at when I am kind of like making the Monday morning, you know, sort of dance through all the box scores is what were the longest runs and longest receptions of each team? Obviously, you don't get a chance to watch every single game. And I thought it was notable that nobody on the Eagles who had a rushing attempt had a run shorter, short or lesser than fewer than whatever, uh, 10 yards. And that was kind of gain. Well, so like the shortest, you know, long run was to everybody who ran the ball had at least a double digit carry, which is mm-hmm. again, speaks to kind of the success happening on the ground. The Miles Sanders thing, 27 carries like, Whoa, I'm, I mean, I don't know the last time he had 27 carries. I have to imagine it was well, maybe it was a was, career game. Yeah. I mean, it was wild. Um, I have him on my fantasy team, both uh, regular season and uh, dynasty. I know everybody cares. Um, also have Austin Eckler and Brees Hall, like good times for me. Uh, seriously. Um, this, this was, I think, a good response. There were, I think it would have been easy to say, oh man, we're down 14 nothing. It's raining. What's going on? It's Doug on the other sideline. There, there, were, there were understandable, like we've seen a lot of NFL teams fold in that way. And this is where, like, look, I'm, now I'm not talking to you, Brandon. If you're an Eagles fan, you have every reason in the world to feel proud of your team, right? You have every reason in the world to like beat your chest and feel like you are going to be a legitimate contender in the NFL this season you are it's not gonna be you are right i mean we're only a week five whatever but you are quit being so soft you know i i don't know if you saw this brandon i tweeted out during sunday's action i tweeted 
the Philadelphia Eagles are trailing. I, I don't remember exactly how it worded it, but it was literally just the score. I tweeted the Jacksonville Jaguars are up 14 and nothing on the Philadelphia Eagles. And all these soft Eagles fans like coming at me later on in the day, tweet the score now, tweet the score now. It's like, it's just a score. Like, just chill out. Like, scream insecurity a little bit more, guys. You know, like, be be a little bit more mm. proud in your team. All I did was tweet the score. Yeah, that's all, that's all I'm saying. Um, this was a big win for the Eagles. Non-conference or whatever. I don't know if it's intra or do you know if it's intra or inter? So, uh, inter would be like, uh, you know. Like, like the baseball, Vikings? They call interleague play would be AL and NL. So, this would so be. So, this is inter. This is inter. Yeah, intra is your own conference. Yes. So, like, if it, you know, when the Eagles beat the Vikings, that was intra-conference play. Yes, correct. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Um, well, great win by the Eagles. Next up, we've been kind of, like, low-key hyping this up a little bit. A road trip all the way out west to take on the Arizona Cardinals. If, yeah, okay. I thought you were switching topics. Sorry. I was like, no, I don't no, know no, if you no, gave no. enough time to the Eagles here. No, no. Like, I'm, I'm just, like... The win over the Jaguars is what it was. Like, I, I don't know that there was enough from the game. I mean, it was impressive, but now they're 4-0. They're the last undefeated team in the NFL. This is, you know, th- this is arguably their toughest game contingent on what happens with the Cowboys quarterback situation. Sure. You can argue that Dak returning makes that more tough. Uh, but, you know, if, if Dak doesn't play next week, and we'll get to that, this is maybe the toughest game on paper for the Eagles this week until week 12. Uh, against the Packers on Sunday Night Football, right? Like, I, I mean, the, I know you know, but so everyone knows that the opponents between now and then, mm-hmm. Dallas by Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington, fraud, Indianapolis. I mean, none of those teams are are scary right now to anyone, let alone the Eagles. It's a good path. Uh, a couple of things I want to hit on. The vibes are just really good. They really are. Like, I, there's just not much you can, like, poke holes in and be like, eh, this is kind of weird or concerning. I mean, the Eagles did get some injuries in this game, which is something to monitor moving forward. Uh, Jordan Mailata got knocked uh, knocked out early, got banged up. We don't know the full extent as we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, October 4th. Um, so that's something to monitor. But Nick Sirianni did say everyone who did get hurt has a chance to play this week. So there's no indications, you know, anything like season-ending end- injuries by any means. Uh, Somalo also got banged up. Like, it didn't matter. <laughs> they still produced on the ground. And against the number one run defense in the NFL, like the Jags were, like, shutting the run down. Didn't matter. Eagles, like, just steamrolled them. We saw that last year when the Saints came to Philly and they like the number one defense, number one run defense in the NFL. Didn't matter. Eagles just like ran all over them. So that's definitely uh, something to be afraid of. And it speaks to how like diverse the Eagles are in offense. They don't just need to win with their passing attack. It hasn't just been Jalen Hurts being good. It's like, oh, they can pound the rock too when they need to. And that's also another weapon that teams have to account for. Um, so that was good. I would say, uh, and Jimmy Kemsky pointed this out on BGN radio where the Jags got up big on the Colts and the Chargers in recent weeks, and they held on, obviously, and won big. So it wasn't like the Jags were never in that spot. Like, for the Eagles to come back, uh, those teams couldn't. And those teams, you know, are clearly lesser than the Eagles, especially the Colts. But, you know, credit there as well. Um, and, yeah, I think overall, this, you know, it was a really quality win. Uh, against a good head coach in Doug Peterson. And I and I really like seeing, you know, all the stuff after the game um, with Doug getting his flowers from whatnot from the players and coaches. So uh, Eagles are on top. They're, do you think they're the best team in the NFL? So um, I mentioned, where, where, yeah, I mentioned they power, rankings. power rankings. They're number one, but they were number one for me last week. Mm. Um, so I mentioned um, kind of in a cheeky way, I think it's ESPN has the Chiefs as number one, right? I think the Eagles are actually third in ESPN's mm. power rankings. I think you have to say they're top two at the very least. Like well, I'm just tough. telling you what theirs are. Like, yeah, again, I'm just saying. I'm, I think you, you can. I think you can argue the Bills are ahead of them, but that, I don't. That's who. Yeah. yeah. So ESPN, they're the and like ESPN was uh, one of the lower people on the Cowboys too. So like, you know, maybe you just disagree with the way they're evaluating everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their top three are Chiefs, Bills, Eagles. I have Eagles, uh, Chiefs, Bills. I think is, is my top three. Uh, it's been a long day, obviously. Like that, that Colts loss was fluky, obviously for the Chiefs, but still really bad. Like you have was, to ding them for that. It's really it was really bad. bad, and I do think that they had like the best possible response that they could have, obviously. Yes. But they they still lost. But it and, was like, still bad. Yeah. I I do think there's something stupid, but somewhat fair to like. Well, they're the last undefeated team. The same way it's like like if the Rams were four zero and the Eagles were four zero, but the Rams had played the way they had, like, I do think there's something to be like, well, they're the reigning world champs, right? Like they, they, yeah, they're still course. the best until they lose or whatever. Right. Like, I don't, I don't fully buy that argument, but you get my point. Um, I, I think that they are whatever. Whether you feel they're the best team in the NFL is, is moot because they're clearly the best team in the NFC right now. Yeah. And, and I think the, the <laughs> it's not close, the, but the biggest, like, and I, I'm truly like, this is just like real. This isn't like trolling or anything though. If, if I was an Eagles fan, I would be a lesser person, but 
my concern would be that the good vibes and all the peaking was happening way too early. Mm. Like th this is so like we see that, right? We, we see like who is the one team that has managed to like sustain good vibes? The Chiefs, right? In the Patrick Mahomes era. So you're either banking on being that, which is possible, or, you know, it will fizzle out or the NFL-ness of it all will catch up to you. And maybe you survive the NFL-ness of it all. But and that's that's a silly worry. But that that's the only worry you can kind of come up with, you know, when mm -hmm. it comes to the Eagles, because mm -hmm. every other team particularly in the NFC, is dealing with something. Every other team in the NFC is still finding themselves. And, and credit to the Eagles for not wasting time and doing that in the offseason. But I still think the Vikings are, are to be taken seriously. And I well, and I give the Eagles credit for that win. I mm -hmm. mean, the Vikings the Vikings look very questionable, right? And they're 3-1, and mm -hmm. one, right? Like, that that's a true thing. And in my power rankings, they're the second-best team in the NFC just by virtue of ranking. Who's better? Like, who 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 can you put ahead of the Vikings right now? Yeah, I think like if we're talking about the team, like the, who who has the argument for second place? You know, the Packers are there, even though I don't feel good about it. You know, given that they almost just lost to freaking Bailey Zappi, but like they're and in they there. did lose to the Vikings. Exactly, so they're in there. Um, I don't. I'm not saying they are. I'm saying it's if you're in the conversation, you're the the Packers. The 49ers are in the conversation right now, but they're limited uh, offensively. But like in in the conversation, defense mm -hmm. is legit though. Like D'Amico Ryan oh, is really sure. good. Um, the Bucks. Who, Houston Texans legend D'Amico Ryan's only Houston who Texans got legend. um just you know blown out basically by the Chiefs and then um the Cowboys it's really those teams that are like in the mix there you're not putting the Rams in the conversation at least it's hard after last night I guess I guess I would but but do maybe not like Stafford's not been right and they have not no. looked like good good so maybe you, not you verbalized it as in the conversation I'm just going to verbalize it this way the NFC is going to be won by one of these teams all right the Eagles, and I'm just going by division. I'm not like ranking. You're talking about the, the one seed. Um, no, I'm talking. I'm talking the representative of the Super Bowl. It's going to be okay. won by one of these teams. And again, not a ranking, just going by division. The Eagles, the Cowboys, the Vikings, Packers, Bucks, Niners. I think that's it. Like no, like I think like the night like if if we have to assign like a minority here and then take that over the field, right? Mm -hmm. I, I I want the Niners in, and then I'm willing to oh, say yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm willing to say you can have. I'm willing to even leave the Rams out. And you can have the field. Have to leave the Rams out right now. Well, so that's so we we have two from the east, two from the north, one from the south, one from the west. So we're willing to say that the NFC is going to be won by one of those four teams, right? And and like if you want to leave the Rams out, you can also argue it's so difficult to repeat, like the mm -hmm. likelihood of that, blah blah blah. I mean, so Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Packers, Bucks, Niners. That's it. Nobody else. Like we're willing to say nobody else has a chance to win the NFC. Because like, I think who would who would be you know like the long shots, like the Giants, the Cardinals, the Card yeah, I think. Like because you, you have to have something special. And like, we know that Kyler can be special. So, so like you have to have something special that gets hot. And so it would either be the Cardinals or if the Lions just like kept up this like offensive rate or if the Seahawks kept up that offensive rate. But those are really, really long shots. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Um. Wow. Okay. So, uh. well, we'll see what the Cardinals are able to do this Sunday um, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's move on. Um. As always, we go in divisional standing. So the Eagles got all the love. They're in first place right mm -hmm. now, as they have been all season long. The Dallas Cowboys, Brandon. Holy crap. What on earth? <laughs> this, this was impossible. I, I, I said if they won two games before the bye, that's right. Jack Prescott, that would be a huge win. They've won three in a row. Mm -hmm. Um. And, you know, so, like this is such a, I don't know the the numbers behind it. I know that like scoring is down. It, it feels like a defensive league right now, which is why the Eagles do seem so dangerous because they kind of had the most stable, potent offense. But um, Cowboys, one of those defensive teams. And what's unique about them is like their offense isn't even set, right? Like that, like unlike the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo, who's their permanent quarterback this season, the Cowboys don't have Dak Prescott and miss me with this Cooper Rush stuff. That's the most annoying thing in the world right now. Uh, but you know, I think some people would say, yeah, well, Dallas, they beat the Giants and the Commanders, blah, blah, blah. Like, who has a good win? Like, it's so difficult. Like, it, the NFL is kind of trash right now. You know what I mean? Like, nobody has a, a great win that you're like, wow, that is maybe the Chiefs, right? Like, beating the Chargers and the Bucks, maybe. But, like, even that's, like, stretching a little bit because they lost to the Colts. Uh, but Dallas defeated the Commanders 25-10. to 10. Uh, once again, Carson Wentz um, coming up small, coming up short. The Commanders have never beaten an NFC East team. Um, and the commanders have never beaten the Cowboys, never been the Eagles for that matter. And they've never won a game in those black uniforms, which as the game went on, were kind of nice. Like I, I hated them less as the game went on. The only thing I didn't like, and I don't know how much you saw this was the lines bordering the last name on the back. Mm, they had these, they had these lines sandwiching the last name. I could live without that. Other than that, kind of nice. 
to the point about like the NFL mostly being bad. I think there's like five good teams. Like I and my power rankings. I don't even I think feel, there's five, but you're I, right. Well, I feel good about my top five. Although there's a caveat with one of those. So I have Eagles one, Bills two, Chiefs three. I have the Dolphins four. If Tua is healthy, then I feel good about them. And then, which is a big if. And then the Ravens at five. And then everyone else below, like, I just, I have the Vikings at six. I don't feel good about that. Packers at seven. I don't feel good about that. But do you agree that, like, in that conversation, the Cowboys are in a unique spot and that, like, their offense isn't even set? Like, we've seen not even a full game of their intended offense. And that wasn't, you know, even just like, oh, just put Dak back. Like, Michael Gallup wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like, this this is still an offense that kind of has yet to arrive. And they're still, they're 3-0 and with this, like, lackluster offense, which is pretty impressive. I mean, I... I got to hand it to Mike McCarthy. I know nobody wants to. I'm, I have no problem handing it to a lot of people, but Mike McCarthy has to be on that list for me. Well, their biggest strength is lined up with like two of their last opponents, like biggest weaknesses, like the Giants so? can't pass protect. And well, I'm not taking credit away. I'm just saying like it's very fortuitous. And honestly, the, throw the Bengals in there too, because they're also off the line situation, especially earlier this year was a disaster. So like, I'm not trying to take credit away. I'm just saying it's very fortuitous that like the, every team's like, glaring biggest weakness happened to line up with what the Cowboys are able to do right now. And cer- certainly that is a very good strength to have and will pay off against other teams who aren't even necessarily as weak as the Bengals giants and commanders offensive lines are. Um, I will ask you, like, I'm not going to do the, I'm not even going to troll you about Cooper rush in terms of like, should he start? But so like, stupid. I will ask though, I think it is fair to wonder like, like when is the right time to play him if Dak isn't looking right. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like the injury is like, he's just not looking right with the injury. It's like, doesn't, because there's going to be a conversation at some point if he's struggling and it's like, he's just not healthy enough to play. Like he can't get the ball to where it needs to be accurately. And at what point is a hundred percent Cooper rush better than that? Like 60% Dak. So I appreciate you framing the question this way, because this, this is a fair question, right? Like, it's a stupid question to say, should Cooper Rush start over a healthy Dak Prescott? Neither of us believe yeah, that that's that not, should be no the case. No one's actually right. debating that. But, but what well, pe- people are. But, I mean, like, from <laughs> right. unserious people are. Right. Um, so this has bought them time. So, like, I, like, if I have to, like, you know, kind of paint, you know, the like, cover of your question, it's, like, how do you want to spend this time? What's the best usage of the time that Cooper Rush has bought you, right? Like you're, you're playing with house money right now. Like how do you want to spend it? And so the Cowboys haven't ruled Dak Prescott out for this week's game against the Rams, but the Dallas Morning News, actually a little bit before we started recording, reported that he's not going to play. So it seems well, like Cooper Jerry Rush- say he's not going to play? Or like Jerry did not, not. Jerry said that he can't grip a football yet. However, <laughs> if you want the full timeline of it all, on Monday, Mike McCarthy said that he wanted to see a full week of practice before Dak was able to play, which obviously heightened the importance of Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but on Tuesday morning, Jerry went on the fan, on one effect of the fan, and actually didn't really say anything. I was really proud of him. Like he didn't like, you know, give anything away. Um, but he did say he couldn't, you know, grip a football right now. Uh, but again, like that's really against his general, like optimistic sort of twist on things. Um, and then Tuesday afternoon, about three o'clock, the Dallas Money News reported um that, that Dak's not gonna play and that it's gonna be a Cooper Rush. And so I thought, and and this is going to be proven wrong, I thought that the Cowboys might suit him up because Will Greer is who the Cowboys have promoted to be the backup quarterback for Cooper Rush every single week of this process, but he's out of the elevations that you can give to a practice squad player. So I thought, well, they, they're not going to want to cut anybody. Maybe they'll suit Dak up like as an emergency, like he's kind of ready, but Cooper Rush will still start. That's not going to happen. Jake McQuay, the Cowboys long snapper, um, has a torn tricep injury or has a tricep injury rather. And um, I don't know the like extent of the injury, but his season is over. And so the Cowboys have signed two long snappers to their practice squad. And they've since signed Will Greer to the 53-man roster. So they can you know, still have their long snapper by way of elevation. Um, so they don't have to worry about that is my point. But um, so he's not going to play this week. I think, I mean, like, I, I don't think the opponent has anything to do with it to me. Like, I don't think that you look at it if you're Dallas. And I know it's very difficult to say, well, he's got to come back because this game against the Eagles is massive. And it is, right? Like, there's there's no doubt. We're talk- you and I just said these are two of the four teams who can win the NFC this year. And, and this is their first matchup. By the way, like, we've we've complained so much about the lack of juice between these mm-hmm. two in games in Philly. We got it. Don't <laughs> jinx it. I feel like there's now something weird is going to happen. Like, uh, the whole rosters get hurt. <laughs> but it looks like we're getting it. Did you knock on wood or the microphone? <laughs> I knocked not- on my desk. Okay, well, it, it sounded like you knocked on the microphone. Anyway, um, I I mean, like, 
you you don't like you don't have to play 65% deck or whatever it was you said like that's that's how you spend the house money you can wait until he's 100% healthy i think um so the cowboys have four games left before they're by at la on sunday which looks winnable right like if the niners can beat them with jimmy garoppolo why can't the cowboys do it with, with cooper rush week for the rams too exactly and then you've got the eagles so like let's, let's call the rams a coin flip let's say it's a loss against the eagles i think you can call the lions a coin flip cuz you never know which version of that team's going to show up and then I think we both think they're going to beat the Bears. So if we just do the math, they're winning two of those games, right? One coin flip in the Bears. If you're if you're five and three, I thought they'd be th- three and five in like a miracle sense when Dak was hurt. If you're five and three at the bye, like dude, like count your lucky stars. Like be super grateful for it. You don't have to press Dak. You don't have to rush Dak back. You can take your time. That's you have to be so patient here. That's what I think you do. I don't think you get caught up in the Cowboys Eagles of it all, the division rivalry, the Sunday night game whatever i think you you wait i think you are disciplined and you wait until he is 100 percent healthy because that's this isn't about beating the eagles on october 16th this is about getting to the nfc title game in the super bowl in the later days of january hmm. yeah i've i've been saying the eagles can afford to be patient this week in terms of not to totally overlook the cardinals which by the way this could be a trap game spot because we didn't really talk about that game at all but um, let's talk about the cowboys actually here's my whole point about the eagles right well no it gets back to it um is that you know, the Eagles have these injuries, but I think it's interesting how we're thinking about it differently in terms of patience. I'm saying, like, I think they can afford to be, like, let's say Avante Maddox. Like, he looks like he might be able to play this week. If I'm the Eagles, I'm like, I don't force that because next week is a really important game, and I would try to give him that extra time and have him for that game. I'm saying yeah, save that player for that game and have him return then because that's a very important game. Uh, and I think it's interesting because you're saying it as like you don't have – I mean, you don't think they have to play Dak against the Eagles or or even if – take shit out of it for a second. You don't think they will because they absolutely will. You, you know that. So I know nobody wants to give Mike McCarthy any credit for anything. I think if Jason Garrett were the head coach, they absolutely would. I I, I mean, you know, I don't think Jason Garrett has, has whatever you want to call it to stand up. I think McCarthy – I think McCarthy does. I think McCarthy says no, if that's what he wants. I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know what he wants, but I think McCarthy has enough sway. I mean, think about it, Jerry, like the whole world is hanging on every word to understand when his quarterback is going to play. And Jerry Jones is on the radio on Tuesday morning and didn't give a clue. Like if you don't think that has anything to do with Mike McCarthy kind of nipping this whole, like, you know, whisper stuff in the bud, then like, you're not paying attention. Mike McCarthy's having an influence on this stuff. Again, I'm not saying like all hail Mike McCarthy, greatest coach of all time, but like that is a positive influence that he is having on this organization as a whole. So I think McCarthy is is disciplined enough. And I think like if you want the answer to that, look at his history. He never rushed Aaron Rodgers back when, when he when he didn't have to. You know what I'm saying? Like during his times in Green Bay. And we all like, you know, no, I love Dak, but like he I mean, as important as he is to the Cowboys, he wasn't to he isn't to the Cowboys what Aaron Rodgers was to the Packers, certainly in those days. The mm-hmm. only times we saw them rush Rodgers back were when it was absolutely necessary. I think back to uh was it 2013 when they beat the Bears in week 17 for like the, yeah. like the AFC NFC so North title? Yeah. Yeah. And like I, I just remember like a late touchdown to Randall Cobb to win it mm-hmm. in Chicago, whatever. And like those were the moments like when Aaron had the calf or the whatever it was, like they did rush him because they had to have that one game. You, right. Again, this Perfusion. game is important. This game is important. It's massive, but it, you don't have to have it. You can lose mm. even both of these next two games. You can go into the bye four and four and be in well position. I mean, we've done this game several times with the Eagles, but like, just entertain me here. Let's say, let's say Dallas went into the bye at five and three. Like we're both kind of saying is, is pretty fair. Um, after the bye, they got the, and let's presume they have Dak after the bye and a healthy Dak, right? They've got, mm. they're, they're on the road at Lambeau and then on the road at Minnesota. You want to say they split those two? Sure. Okay, so that puts them at six and four. And after that, six and four, they got six wins already. The Giants on Thanksgiving, that's a win. The Colts the week after, they get a week and a half. That's a win. That's uh, eight wins. The Texans, that's nine. The Jaguars, I mean, it's in Jacksonville, so you don't know whatever. Dougie B gets the win. Fine. Then you got the Eagles, even if you want to call that a loss, at Tennessee. We don't know how it's going to be, but that's probably 10. And then Washington to end it. Like, you're talking about a 10-11 win floor if you get to the bye at five and three. You know, if you steal this game in L.A., like, who knows? If you beat the Lions, who knows? I mean, like, it's possible. The only game between now and the bye that – and even if, if Cooper Rush were the quarterback for all of them that I feel terrible about is the Eagles game. And and that mm. that's why I think you don't rush this situation at all. That's what it all comes down to. It's going to be huge. It's really it's really big. I mean, like, if the Eagles, like, win that, again, just because of their schedule ahead, too, it's like they could just roll. And that Christmas- big, I do think you have to make the decision now, though, right? Like, I think – 
I'm a big fan of uh, like my dad always talks about like make your decisions when you're not emotionally compromised, right? Mm. Be- because like that, like trust yourself and sound judgment. And so you have to decide right now, unless like you set whatever barometer it is, like unless Dak achieves this, he's not playing this week, he's not playing next week, whatever the case may be. You can't let yourself like go beat the Rams and the Eagles lose to the Cardinals and be like, oh my gosh, now we got you know what I mean? Like no, you made the decision when right. you were not emotionally compromised. That's that's how I would handle this. Play with emotion. Don't let emotion play with you. Wow. Where'd you steal that from? Chip Kelly once said that. (laughs) That's a great way to send us into the break to hear a word from our sponsor. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon went and um, uncovered an artifact that Chip Kelly gave him while he was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Can you show us what that artifact is, BLG, and explain the story behind it? Yeah, it's a smoothie, and it's clear now because of how it you know, aged and everything. But, is that um, an Nalgene? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not a sponsor, but there you go. Free advertising. <laughs> no. Not a sponsor. Um, the the mixtape itself does not have a sponsor yet. We're working on that. Uh, but BGN Radio and BTB does. Head on over right. to Righteous Felon uh, Craft Jerky. Get yourself some, you know, some some free jerky. Maybe not free, but like free. you got to pay for it. Discounted. You, you can get a word. discount. You can get a fifteen percent discount with BGN's code, or yep. through the October sixteenth game, you can use the Cowboys code BTB twenty. Right. Look at that. Boom. What's your favorite BGN flavor? Fifteen uh, for the BGN code. What's the what? What's favorite? your favorite flavor of Righteous Felon Craft Jerky? depends on the mood um i like because, nelson mandela that's okay. my number one i'm a i'm a i'm partial to the biltong honestly sure if you have that yet like i think the darth garlic is really good and it's like more tender than the jerky and i like that some people prefer the chewiness or whatever of the mm-hmm. jerky um i like the biltong the best if i'm going with the jerky the bourbon the franklin bourbon mm. is or bourbon franklin one of those two is really good it's very it's like a different as a unique kind of taste it's good this is my uh, last question before we get back to football. You're watching a movie. You're on the couch, whether you're by yourself, you got a group of people, maybe not a movie, but like you're sitting and kind of like watching something. It's a cool, you know, moment for Brandon Gotten. What are you snacking on? Like what's the optimum like vibe snack? Movies too long. Can't okay, watch yeah, so you're watching a show like I'm talking like a, a you know, 30 minute, 40 minute experience. I cannot watch like a food show without eating. I have to be eating something. Like, how can you watch, like, let's just say, triple You got to eat something soft, like jerky. Okay. Like, my my wife, man, she, I love my wife, but she eats a lot of chips when we were watching stuff. It's mm. like, hey. No, you know. chips are a great uh, TV snack. I stand with her on that. Uh, ideal snack? Hmm. So, are you a Takis guy or no? Um, No, not my thing. But, I mean. They make this thing, Takis Crisp. It's like Pringles, but, like, there's, like, Taki seasoning on there, and they're better than Pringles. So good. Also, I'm a, I'm a stacks over Pringles guy now. It used to be like Pringles guy through and through. Not a sponsor either. Not so the same. Yeah. The stacks has a better crunch to it, and I think it's a little bit saltier too, which I like. I'm a big big salt guy. I mean, again, the look chips are fine. I don't have a problem with chips, but while we're watching something and I need to hear it, chips are not you know like that's you want to eat something while we're watching something that's important. Ice cream, you know, fruit, mm, no um, cake. I mean, but anything with a crunch disturbs the whole audience. Cheez-Its also very good, very strong. I could just house a whole box of Cheez-Its. Love Cheez-Its. Before we get to the rest of the division, um, this is the spot where we will now be handing out our non-NFC East, NFC East Award of the Week. We award somebody not in the division uh, the most NFC East moment of the week. Do you have any contender yourself? Because I do. No, let's hear yours. Uh, A favorite. 
of the NFC East mixtape. All right. Now our first one went to um Brandon Staley, mm. right? Last week. Um this week it goes to his uh um not Padawan, his mentor, whatever. Um his guider, whatever. I don't know what the opposite of Padawan was. I don't know the Star Wars verbiage, but Master. Uh oh, that's probably the best. Uh, Jedi Master. His Jedi Master, Sean McVeigh. It is the most NFC East thing of all time to show up when you're kind of like, you know, it's your moment to take hold the way it was for the Rams, take hold of the NFC West, went all the way opposite here, east to west, um, you know, like like looking for gold. And uh, incidentally, and you're, this is your moment. Take hold. You're the reigning Super Bowl champion. Like all, like all the energy is going your way. Everybody thinks that the other team is down on their luck. But yeah, they've kind of had your number and you know what you do? You just blow it. You don't even score a touchdown. Like you're just a complete and total abject failure. You're a fraud. The Rams, we have said this. One of the only things that we are united in, the Rams are frauds. Shout out to Sean McVay, this year's Especially winner of the non-NFC East Award. Um, interesting. Uh, maybe I can go with the Vikings uh, beating the Saints via double doink from the Saints, which obviously once upon a time helped the Eagles get to a divisional round game against the Saints down in New Orleans. Um, so they were on... Down well, in New Orleans. Not that they were at the right end of the first time. But anyway, um, yeah, so the Saints are now 1-3, RJ, and um, easily could be 0-4. And I know you love when I mentioned that the Eagles have their first-round pick, so I'll mention it again. By the Saints, way. They're uh, picking at 4 overall right now. So the Saints lost the debut of their black helmet, which looked better than I thought it would. Um, mm. I didn't like the original photos, but looked good in the game. They lost, obviously, as you mentioned, the Commanders lost in their debut of the black uniform. I don't think we've seen any of the other black helmets yet this season, but kind of a curse. So watch when did, when are the Eagles wearing it? It's like later in the season. I they announced it's like week twelve, and it's it's later on. In All the I'm year. saying is, watch out! Black helmets are owing to new black helmets are owing to this season. Obviously, the Ravens and Steelers have won. But um, did we talk about how the Super Bowl winner will not be picking thirty-two? Have we mentioned that? It's funny because like people keep saying that the Eagles are because they're currently you know undefeated, and although that's silly because it's postseason draft order obviously based on finish, but. There will not be a 30-second pick in the first round because of yeah. the Dolphins having to give up their pick. So It's amazing how the Dolphins are now connected to, like, two different awful scandals, right? <laughs> like, they'd have, like, you could argue nothing to do with one another, but kind of, like, everything to do with one another systemically. But uh, mm. whatever. Let's get to uh, the New York Giants. People asked, Brandon, if they were the worst 2-0 team of all time. All right? I thought that question was kind of silly. I don't think I, people asked. People said it. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I thought that was kind of silly. I think they are definitely the worst three and one team of all time. Like they are bad, dude. Like they are so awful. I saw Aaron Nagler tweeted um, that London has never had a matchup between two teams above 500, which speaks to like, hey, oh like, my gosh. like that's so mean. Like, why do we do this to them? You know what I mean? Uh, this is the first time that's happening. Both the Packers and Giants are three and one. So like history being made even before kickoff. Uh, but the Giants 20 to 12, the final win over what would have been the other worst three and one team of all time in the Chicago mm. bears. Uh, Daniel Jones got hurt, but did have two rushing touchdowns on the ground. I read out of the athletic that his read was literally look for the tight end. If not run like what on mm -hmm. earth, like how are you, like that is so embarrassing for the giants offense. Um, obviously a, a building phase for them to Taylor came in, got hurt. We'll see who their quarterback even is. This week. Yeah, they're working out some guys. Maybe they bring back Jake Fromm. Ed Valentine, our good friend, said in the SB Nation chat today, like the, our, our work channel on Slack, that uh, he thinks Fromm is the most logical option based on how, uh, obviously, he played not only played for the Giants last year, but also has experience with, um, you know, the, the Bills and Dable from their time together in Buffalo. So, I mean, I'd rather see Saquon. And I don't – did you catch that at all? Saquon's uh, – some of his playing time at quarterback last week? I think – that's much more fun to me and like Saquon's been so good as a runner and honestly like that's the thing they knew that, he was gonna is, run the ball that is our worst aging take of all time in the history oh, yeah. of the mixtape I mean well, and like I think we had reason to feel the way we did exactly. but he, he just he is the outlier like like that's yeah. okay like he's the exception and good for him like that mm -hmm. it's way more fun to watch this offense when he's rolling it's also still bad for the Giants long term probably oh, dude. This <laughs> they turn into a big extension and then unless he does somehow keep it up and we're wrong again but like in from a process standpoint it's not the bet you want to make maybe the results you know the this will be the outlier and exception whatever but I, I just don't love betting on that but yeah I know it's not going to happen but I, I honestly would love to see even if not for the full game because obviously you probably have to have some passing threat at some point but I would I would do a decent amount of like Saquon, Saquon Wildcat because why not? 
and he's fun and he's really good and you're getting him the ball, I would do it. I think um, what this – so, like, don't take this the wrong way. But what this team reminds me of, you've said uh, the 2021 Lions, not in the success standpoint, but the 2021 Eagles. Like, as far as how they're just, like, running the ball now. Like, I mentioned um, the Eagles box score, you know, thing I talked about. Do you know what the shortest long carry was for the Giants runners? So, there were yep. four players who ran for the Giants on, uh, on Sunday. Yards. Um, no, uh, not that, not quite. Uh, well, you know, uh, Brightwell had no carry. He had one carry for no yards. But other than that, Matt Breida, 13 carries. Or, I'm sorry, 13 yards was his longest run of the day. Terod Taylor had a 13-yard run. Daniel Jones, 21 yards. Saquon Barkley, 29 yards. Like, you could kind of see, like, again, some, like, hybrid of the 2020, 2021 Eagles and uh, whatever the Ricky Williams, Ronnie Brown, Dolphins, you know, offense was. Mm. Like, the true Wildcat. Like, just do it. Just lean into it. I mean, do you know how many receptions there were in this game? How many passes were caught by the Giants players? Nine. <laughs> Nine. I mean, it's just not there. It's. I mean, and to be fair, like, you know, Sterling Shepard's hurt. Kenny Gall- Dude, Michael Gallup has as many catches as Kenny Galladay this season. More so yards, exciting. 24 to 22, and obviously more touchdowns. He has one to his none. Kenny Galladay has two receptions this season. All right, one of them from Daniel Jones. Trayvon Diggs has two receptions this season. One of them from Daniel Jones. I mean, just a huge miss. I mean, the guy's getting paid, so good for him. But man, like, and and that's not this regime's fault. I mean, that's you know Dave Gettleman, whatever. But yeah, um, this this team stinks though. Like, it feels like their ride back down to earth is on the way. Uh, so they've got the Packers this week, and I know we don't think highly of the Packers right now, but you know they're gonna lose. I mean, this is the next run for for the Giants: the Packers, the Ravens, the Jaguars, the Seahawks. Mm. They could lose yeah. all four of those games. They're gonna lose all four of those games. Um, well, probably at least three. So I mean. Say they lose three, that drops them to four and four. Um, at the bye, they come out Houston, maybe right, like five, yeah. and so they get back above five hundred. Detroit at Dallas. I mean, it's just you know, they they've been. They, I think they've been with what Giants fans have wanted. They've been cute and fun and spunky. That's all you can expect. Um, you know, they're taking advantage of a very easy schedule as other are other teams in the NFC East. I like for my Eagles rooting guide this week. You know, because I do that every week. I don't know if you do that still too. Um, well, it's, it's a little too early for that, but you know, uh, you know, I think it's fun to find some well, kind of rooting. It's interest in it's fun when game. you have like the Cowboys don't have a first round pick next. Like you yeah, have the Saints. Exactly. Like you you have more material to work with right now. So, uh, so you brought it up this time, not me. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's still like if you're an Eagles fan, you should be rooting for the Giants to win this game because the I would say the Packers are a bigger threat to the Eagles getting the one seed than the Giants are to the Eagles like winning the nfc east or being a bigger threat to the eagles like I, i'd still uh, be i see more what you're saying yeah yeah i'd still be more concerned yeah, like, about like, like the, well and to that point um well so the eagles do play the packers this year right they still have yet yes. to play them right um, so, what if you lose them? so yeah well what what i was gonna say is like if that weren't the case like at least you know like the cowboys still have to play the giants one more time like you control that to or you still have to play the giants twice actually the eagles so like sure. you still control your destiny to a larger degree against the giants than you yeah, do the pack, like if you're really worried about that more right. so um, um so wow. yeah i still think it's like because the losses are going to come like yeah they'll be four and one but like you just said they'll probably lose to the ravens and the jags and then possibly the seahawks maybe not we'll see um but the losses are going and they still have to play the vikings this year they play the cowboys again as you mentioned um they play the commanders twice the commanders might be able to steal one of those uh so yeah i you know losses more losses are going to come on the way they'll probably end up though like with a decent amount of wins here <laughs> they're probably going to finish with maybe like seven at least just by virtue of how bad their schedule is and they already have what three um they're not actually good but they're but like like, they're not good, but credit to them for actually beating some other bad teams and, and getting to this. Last point. thing on the Giants, um, what did you make of the, like, full throwback? So they, they wore not the black helmet, but it was the throwback yeah. with the throwback jersey, like, very 80s, 90s-looking Giants. I loved it, personally. Like, make that your full-time uniform. Most people do. I just don't like how – it just doesn't make sense to me. The helmet is so dark, and the jersey is so bright blue. I don't like that. It should be obviously – to be. That's dumb. I mean, it to be clear, like originally it was dumb. You know what I'm saying? Like, because originally it should have matched, but now it's like nostalgic. So, like, that's the only part of it that's cool. I think, like, whatever shade you want to make it, the helmet needs to say Giants. We're 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 all in agreement. The, like, I agree the worst the part of yeah, yeah. That well, part, part of the sense. part of what makes the NY suck is it's lowercase. Like, you're supposed to be the New Giants. It's fake. It's a fake no, but thing. well, even if it's real, like you're you're supposed to be the, literally the Giants. So like, how can you go small case, like lowercase on your letters? It's it's, it's ironic. It's stupid. Um, we not so, talk whatever. very quickly 
Uh, we did not talk about someone they might be adding to their team. Uh, familiar face, an old NFC East foe, Odell Beckham Jr. working out for the Giants. How about that? I think Odell is very smart, and I think Odell knows what he's doing, and I think Odell knows what connecting himself to the Giants does for his name and SEO and all this stuff. There's and no way on it. earth. Yeah, there's no way on earth that Odell is considering signing with the Giants. Uh, Pete Sweeney mentioned on the SB Nation NFL show on Monday that the Packers could be in line uh, for him. That makes sense. Um, that's a whole different discussion. But yeah, like Odell's, Odell didn't sign with the Rams midseason and win a Super Bowl to learn, let me go sign with the Giants. Like, it's dumb. Uh, unless they like ripped off, you know, they won these three games, three of these four instead. You know what I mean? Like, unless they put themselves in legitimate or, playoff position. Or they gave him some ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Right. Um. Okay. By the way, they uh, they had Jalen Smith, speaking of old NFC East friends, uh, back mm. on their roster for yeah. Sunday's win. Against That's probably why they won. Wow. Um, okay. Let's uh, move on to the last place team okay. in the division. I think there's only one way to start this, and that is by going to hogshaven.com okay. and looking at this article that I'm seeing. Uh, I actually you know, I gave the little the uh, the quote tweet yesterday from the BGN account because I, res- I responded to the just – Sorry, Hogshaven, but a tweet that's going to live in infamy for the rest of the So we're talking about the same tweet, right? Like, you're just talking about the story behind it. Yeah, so the tweet was, if you guys don't remember, Giants suck, Eagles almost got outscored by the Lions, and Cowboys going to get sunned on national TV tonight by Tom Brady. Washington with a dove on the back of Quattro TD throws from their QB, everyone doubted life is good. A emoji with sunglasses um that was september 11th week one okay so we're talking about different tweets um i mean so like now, i think this is silly but whatever Go now on. the hogshaven has a tweet slash an article up with the title it's time for the commanders to make a qb change <laughs> okay i saw this tweet um yeah i mean i don't think so i mean like this was my like most extensive look at carson this season like there's a lot wrong. I mean, he's a big part of it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's not just Carson, you know, and like they, and plus they didn't trade for him to bench him, you know, four games into this thing. I tell you what, Jahan Dotson is the real deal. Like I'm, you know, yeah. they, they, you know, you speaking of Pete Sweeney, right. yeah. Like Pete says that Jahan Dotson is the best rookie in this year's class or receiver in this year's class. I don't know that I'm willing to go that like Chris Olave looks awesome. I mean, but so I'm not willing to say that, but he looks very, very, very good. Um, Terry McLaurin got wiped out by Trayvon Diggs. You know, t- t- talking about sunning people like Trayvon Diggs is the father of the NFC. Do you know that he has streaks running of interceptions happening in like consecutive games against every NFC East team? Um, so Trayvon Diggs owns this division. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, like, what is there to like about this team? Like, I mean, like, there's nothing. Like, like at least if you're the Giants, you know, you're saying like, look, we're like the infection is leaving the body. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like Dan Snyder took a picture at midfield of AT&T stadium. Like, like that just feels like nothing's changing. You know what I'm saying? Like if he's getting to make appearances and shake hands and kiss babies and stuff like that, like that just makes you feel like it's all staying the same. So whatever the report was from the Washington post last week that he was going to be selling like that doesn't feel real anymore. They're one in three. They have two division losses already, both to like the top threats in the division as well. One um, at home and home. And then they also have a, an additional um, loss to an NFC team having lost to the Lions. So like wild card really, contender, like to, uh, yeah, yeah, that would be a yep, tiebreaker, right? Exactly. A team who could be in yes yeah, contention there. So they're just, they're in really bad shape. Like th- this isn't like a three and one where you lost to a couple AFC teams. No, it's like, this is one of the worst possible <laughs> one in three starts you could have. Uh, and they're, they're just, they're banged up. I know it's not, and I said this last week after the Eagles beat the Commanders. It wasn't like Carson Wentz played terribly, but there is also true. More than one thing can be true, as we like to say on the pod, that the receivers had some really bad drops in bad spots. Offensive line was not good. This idea, though, that like all oh, Carson needs is a good offensive line, he'd be fine. No, like that's not true. Like he'd be better, sure, than he is right now, but like he also exacerbates poor offensive line play right. by holding onto the ball and fumbling the ball. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just no good. And also there is a point where they're going to have to make a decision on Wentz because there's that uh, stipulation where if he plays 70% of the snaps this year, which the Colts were so stupid about, but right, go on. The commanders are giving up a 2023 second round pick, which is probably going to be like 
in the 40 range, um, given how bad this team is going to be versus giving up a third round pick. So they're going to, maybe it's not now at this point, like in week going into week five, but it's going to be soon because like, they're going to have to make a call on that. Again, I just, it's nothing I feel positively about with this team. I mean, I, I don't know what Carson's future looks like in the NFL, obviously. Um, he's done after this year, dude. Like, well, he's not well, like, I, I don't know that he's done. Like, he'll be on an NFL team. No, but like, who? Okay, no. let me let me put this. No. Let me put it to you this way. Who's cashing checks longer in the NFL? Like, starting right now. Carson Wentz or Cooper Rush? Uh, Rush. Because yeah, like, Wentz... like, Rush is now, like, like the new Colt McCoy, right? Like, he's your, like, he backup that's just hanging yeah. out for a long time. Right. But there's a, Carson is not going to be willing to be a backup. No way. That's no the thing, way. like. I, I hate to, like, speak about this on someone because, like, you know, I don't know Carson on a personal level, but, like, this dude needs a humbling. You know what I mean? Like, it just... He's it, needed it just, him for years. No, yeah. but, like, it, like it, didn't, it didn't happen when he got benched. Like, I think he, like, you know, um, internalized that as, like, oh, I'm this victim. And, like, I think to a degree he, he was, like, to a small degree. Um, you know, I'm not... I'm just saying he wasn't 100% wrong. He was, like, 98% sure. wrong. But, like, that's all I'm saying. Um, and, and, and I know you've said this many times, but, like, immediately being handing like handed the keys to the castle in Indianapolis makes him feel like, Oh, that 2%, you were right. Like that was right, much yeah. more than 2%. And you know, now again in Washington, like, Oh, whatever. Like, and I don't think like losing to the Eagles, losing to the Cowboys. I don't think any of that's like humbling him. Like this dude really needs like to, to reckon with himself, like what his NFL career is. I think like, it doesn't help that, you know, after like the trades, it's always like, well, the, the 2017 course once was amazing. No, that was a long time ago. Like that was so, so, so long ago. Um, I feel very, very confident. I think, actually, I would like you to apologize for saying that you oh. thought the combination of Ron Rivera and Ryan Fitzpatrick was better than Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Because Ron I mean, Rivera is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. He's one of the worst coaches in the NFL, dude. So did you see what happened at the end of the first half in this game? No. So Dallas had the ball. Um, and, you know, it's kind of flirting with getting in field goal range. And Ron Rivera burns a timeout. Right, like, okay, you're trying to get the ball back, right? It's like end of the half sequence, trying, you know, trying to stop the possession, get the ball back, whatever. Dallas winds up punting. Okay, so you got your possession, Ron. This is what you you were kind of like in this for. And then he just hands it off. Like, you know, like just to like burn the clock. Like, what are you doing? Like, why like are you just like you want to like prove to everyone you have no faith in your offense? You have no faith in your quarterback? Like, there's no synchronization, there's no organization happening here offensive. Like, what does he add? People say this all the time. Like, well, what does Mike McCarthy do? What does Ron Rivera do? Like what, what, what does he do to make this team functional or even kind of good? Nothing, nothing. And I think, I think the like Washington-ness, and this is where I'll give him some slack. I think the Washington-ness is starting to get to Ron Rivera. This is the quote I thought you were talking about. Uh, JP Finley does a great job covering Washington, tweeted out on Monday. So this is a two-tweet thread that I'm going to read. Uh, the first one says, Rivera making clear he knows fans are frustrated, but says the team is pushing hard to flip things around. And the second one is the one that took off. Ron Rivera on needing to improve. S-word. This organization's got five championships. You F-word kidding me? Um, so I think that Ron was saying, like, you know, this organization in general is in a fine place. Um, relax or whatever. But, like, that, when you, the moment you start pointing to the past is when you're done. You know what I mean? Like, you, you are so done at this point in time. Like, I, I know people are saying, well, watch out. Frank Reich might be the first head coach to be fired in the NFL this year. First of all, who told you that? Who was on that train? But Ron Rivera is making a charge himself. Yeah, he should be up there. I know there's talk of, like, I was doing a Q&A exchange last week with the commanders, uh, people at Hogshaven, and they were, I was, I asked, I was like, is there a chance, like, Rivera's not back? And they're like, well, he's, they're probably going to finish out the fifth year of his deal, which is through next year. And I'm like, I don't think so, man. Like, at some point, they're going to make a change. And it's not like, you know, getting the right head coach is going to fix everything for them. Although another team that in theory could be in play for Sean Payton. I don't think he goes there, but I'm just saying in theory. Um, yeah, like a, at, a franchise is not afraid to throw like money to solve a problem or something like that, right? I mean, they'll be in the mix. Yeah, and, and could up the stakes at least for someone else to end up getting him. Um, so they have their next five games, let's say, because that sets up before they play the Eagles again. And give me a record prediction. They're currently one in three. Let's just go game by game. They're they losing the to the Titans. they're losing to the Titans. Okay, so they're one and four. Do do they beat the Bears in Chicago? So the only thing the NFL hates more than international games are Thursday night games. Dude, the next th two Thursday night games. By the way, last week's was off awful, obviously, but like kind of boring. Uh, this week we get Denver, Indianapolis, and this, or then after that, Washington, Chicago. Um, I think they lose. I think they're that bad. You think they lose Titans and I think you have to give them one win out of the fine. Titans. I'll give them the Bears one. Fine. Okay. So, they, so now they're two and four. Four. Uh, they lose to the Packers, right? 
they're beating the Colts. That like yeah, that is full on happening. They beat Carson gets his revenge in theory. Yep. So then they're what three and five, and then they lose to Minnesota, lose to Minnesota. Philly. They're three so and they're seven. Three, season's oh, wait, over. No, wait. So they, they lose to Minnesota. So they're three and six. Okay. So now at this point, is Carson Wentz even the starter against the Eagles at that point? Because you're you're flirting with the. Ah, I see um, why you're doing this because that game's yeah. in Philly. His return to Philly as opposed to yeah, he might not even start. He's you're flirting with that seventy percent threshold at that point. Yeah, I mean, so hold up, hang on, let's play this out. So you're, th- there, we've got him at three and six. I know we, mm-hmm. we do this all the time, but so let's we're firmly saying Washington's three and six. Let's do Dallas next because New York's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas is three and one at the moment. Um, we said they were getting there five and three. So I, I, I'm sorry, they're, so they're five and three at the bye. That's Dallas's okay. bye week, the week that uh, Washington would lose to Minnesota. Uh, we have Philly. Um, I mean, even if you're conservative, right? Like Philly's four. Say they lose. Say they lose one of Arizona, Dallas, right? Again, just to be conservative, like for the purposes of the exercise. So they're five and one by beating Pittsburgh, six and one, then at Houston on thir- another stinker of a Thursday night game, mm-hmm. uh, the D'Amico Ryan's Bowl. That so they're seven and one. So you're looking up at a seven one team. You're mm-hmm. three and six. You're four and a half games back because you've already lost the first game with uh, five, six, seven, eight to play. It's just impossible. It's and the Giants just, could be ahead of them still too at that point that's true i mean they're, you're right like the giants won't be in playoff contention but i mean oh, but they're still like ahead of them so like, right <laughs> it's like you know i just think at some point you're gonna have to face the music and not play him you're gonna realize he's not gonna be back next year and i think i would so that's why another reason like for the rooting guy this week i would like to see the commanders beat the titans because it, it gives them more uh like it gives it makes more of an opportunity for them to delude themselves and to continue playing carson wentz later into the season and you want to see that. Well, I think yeah. you want to see that because it makes the Eagles' chances of victory greater. And plus, like, yeah, if, if, if Carson Wentz gets traded to the Commanders and we don't, we don't get to see him return to Philadelphia, like, what a huge that miss. Be, you know yeah, I mean? that would be terrible. That's another reason why I think it was such a – I know, you know, it's tough to make the schedule, blah, blah, blah. But it was such a bad call, I think, to have him debut against the Eagles in, like, at FedEx Field. Like, that game that is uh, Monday Night Football, by the way. It's just, again, for the – purposes of everything involved here okay so then let's just let's just put it this way because i want to see that too um we're never like rooting for the commanders i hate the like oh i don't root for i don't root you know i root against blah 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 i never root for them blah blah um let's give the let's root for the commanders this week against the titans the most inconsequential win possible against an afc team and then against the colts because you're with me the colts are frauds like i i want to see that happen i want to see them have to have that egg on their face i would love that well, another reason too is because they, I don't know if you've heard this, but the Eagles own the Saints' first-round pick, so you know, Giants and Commanders winning and staying ahead of New Orleans also a, a nice thing. Anyway, um, okay, so um, let's pick some games uh, for this coming week, um, but like you know, with a little bit of context uh, besides like just like I think these players are going to win. So uh, Washington, uh, we mentioned uh, we're rooting for them, but that's a different thing than picking the game. They are two and a half point underdogs against the Tennessee Titans, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. I have to take the Titans. Um, not that I think they're good, but I like Vrabel, and I think I like what they have going on. Yeah, they're Washington. finding themselves a little bit. Like stumbled yeah. out the gate, and I, you say stumble, but like the Giants game is really the only stumble. They got blasted by the Bills. Like there's no shame. That in That game was close. Like you know, he came down to missing a field goal at the end. So it's like you know, they're 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 fine. They're not like an atrocity. They, they got blown up by the Bills. Okay, so mm-hmm. what? Like both are really good. The second largest spread of the week, just making sure here. Uh, yes. Uh, second largest spread of the week belongs to London's game. Um, I'm sorry, the third largest. I, oh, my gosh. The Bills are 14-point favorites over the, the Steelers. But So the third largest, um, the Green Bay Packers are eight-point favorites over the Giants. Yeah, I mean, it's just tough with the quarter <laughs> lack of a quarterback clarity and situation. I will take – I don't know if the Packers cover because they just struggle. Well, you got to but... pick. That's the whole point. Like, are you going to lay the points or not? I'll take I the am. I'll, I'll lay the Go points. I, yeah. Like the Giants don't have a quarterback. The, the, person, who's gonna, like, but the person who's playing quarterback for their team isn't even like on their roster right now. So I think I, I might have to take the Packers for my lock of the week. For Ooh, Make sure to listen to the Espanation NFL show. You can get all of ours. Screw you, Lions, for letting me down last week. But anyway, um, so the Dallas, like, actually, before I ask you to pick this, uh, do you know what the Cowboys opened up as? By the way, we write opening odds every week on every no. team side here at SB Nation. Um, the Cowboys opened up as six-point underdogs against the Rams. Do you think that has moved or stayed the same? That's weird. Why? I thought the same. I thought this. I thought the exact same. And I, I tweeted that. And all these, all, even all these Cowboys are like, why is it weird? Why is it weird? Because they're three and one. And like, big not, number. 
But yeah, not just that they're three and one, but they're like finding ways to win. They're limiting opposing offenses. The Rams' offense looked questionable before Monday night. Yeah. So like, I'm I not thought that was favored, but it shouldn't be by <laughs> it shouldn't be underdogs by six points. So do you think that has moved or stayed the same? I think it's moved to what? Uh, I'm gonna say Rams favored by four and a half. Oh, look at that! This guy. I wish we had sound effects, but uh, four and a half is the line. I will take the Cowboys outright. Outright, look at Rams that. Rams are a short week. Rams don't look right. Stafford's not been good, man. Like he's just not. He doesn't look right at all. Um, I'll say this, and obviously, like I'll talk more about this at Blocking the Boys throughout the week. I'm gonna take the Cowboys outright too, but like you know, we'll take Rams the points. also have offensive line issues. Right, like we're gonna take the points. Let's be very clear because we're not dummies. But I will, I will take the Cowboys outright when I have to um, in our expert picks at SBNation.com. But I think this is the like. I know you're seeing it. Like, there's some like chatter, like, oh, maybe Trayvon Diggs actually is an elite corner from all the people who doubted him. Like, this is like he's going to lock up Cooper Cup. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that this is where this is a, a late afternoon window game. Like, you know, this this will be like a holy crap. Cooper Cup had two catches for 16 yards, like Trayvon Diggs. This will be that game. So, yeah, I'll take the Cowboys. I think there is a path where Aaron Donald just like wrecks Cooper Rush and just like, you know, causes like multiple fumbles and like pressures him into multiple interceptions or something like but that. But that path exists both ways. Like Mike, like it's not even just Micah Parsons. Like, look, Aaron Donald is amazing. Like, I'm not trying to minimize that at all. I'm but saying like, that's how the Rams win if they do. Right, yeah. right. But but like if it's not Micah getting to Matthew Stafford, it's Demarcus Lawrence or Doran Armstrong or Donovan Wilson getting home or J. Ron Curse, who's gonna return this week. Like, I really this cow. I've never had this much fun watching an NFL defense or at least watching a Cowboys defense. So, mm. um, but the biggest line um, between our two teams, at least, belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are five and a half point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I'll go first year. I think that's a big line. All right. However, <laughs> however, like me. because the, the Cardinals have had such trouble, like, start like Pete I, we mentioned Pete a bunch of times Pete's I thought this was really like well put he said they're like a lawnmower that you have to pull 17 times that's the Cardinals offense and I don't know why it is like on paper they have enough to, to be at least they have a, a legitimate quarterback you would think I don't like that like I know we've talked actually you know what I'm gonna do the, the BLG I'm gonna take the points but um but I think the Eagles win yeah I mean I do think this has like trap game potential in terms of what a trap game is i think people get trap game wrong all the time people use oh they don't they misuse that label but this has that potential because you just beat the jags kind of like you know big win over your former head coach uh and this week you're traveling to a place where you have not won since 2001 the eagles are 0 and 5 in their last five games in the desert out there in arizona mm, including an nfc championship game loss including that and they have this big look ahead game next week that you could easily be like you know the cowboys are next huge game like that is that's like the prime trap game conditions doesn't mean they're gonna lose doesn't mean i think it will be a trap i'm just saying that's like if you're talking about what a trap game is this is that that's those are the conditions for one both the uh the cowboys and eagles play in the afternoon window this week and so like to your point, like we, we talk so much about like narrative and like the moviness of like the NFL. You can see like Eagles fans being like, like, I don't know, like the Eagles being down like by 10 points in the fourth quarter and Dallas holding on against the Rams. And every Eagles fan just kind of thinking like, oh, we're going to be four and one. They're going to be four and one. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of see the like look ahead starting right then. So I just think like wow. this, Cardinals, this Cardinals team is not good, man. There's not, not, a, not a good football team. Um, all right. So mm. what have they done so far? They got blown out by the Chiefs at home. Right. No shame in that, but it happened, right? Not the worst result, but like they, okay. They came back against a bad team in the Raiders. They came, they, they came back, the, the Raiders blew a 20 point lead, right? 20 to 0 lead. And then they, they and up, they couldn't hang with the Rams who are bad and stinky. Yeah, they couldn't hang with the Rams right. at home again, a home game, <laughs> beat by the Rams who aren't any good. And then they struggled before a little bit with the Panthers before ultimately, you know, beating them. Um, didn't like, didn't like look amazing. Didn't like beat right. the Rams like senseless or sorry, the Panthers senseless or, or terrible. So like, so, so we're both fine. taking the points, right? And taking the no, Eagles to win. I'm taking, I'm taking, oh, the Eagles I'm so proud of you. Look at you finally believing. And even dating back to last season, the cards are like, what? Cause they finished last season on like a one in four, one in five run or like they're just, they haven't been a good football team for some time. And I, and I've never really been the biggest Kyler believer, especially without or DeAndre Hopkins. If DeAndre Hopkins is playing this game, it's a different story. But he's not, and that's a big loss for them. Eagles are a little banged up, but like that didn't even matter a ton against the Jags. So uh, I know it's a tough place for them to play, so that does give me pause, and I've said that even before this week. Um, but I think I think the Eagles win, and they advance to 5-0, and 
and it's a big, big game next week. The undefeated Eagles host the what uh, one loss Cowboys, and it's a uh, and it's a big game. And maybe Dak Prescott's return. Wow, holy crap! Yeah. Um, let's get out of here, Brandon. Um, name three random ingredients that are used in food, and we leave. Three random ingredients. I'm gonna go uh, parsley. Okay. I'm gonna go oil. Okay. Olive oil, to be clear. It's extra virgin okay. olive oil. And then I'm gonna go with hmm something different. Uh, I'm gonna go with chives. Well done. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.